Beth. And I'm Jimmy. And we're the Talk to the Hand podcast. Hi Beth, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Jimmy? I'm excellent, thank you. All ready for another podcast? Oh, I can't wait. We're so happy with some of the feedback we've got. It's been brilliant, really good. Our listeners are enjoying what we're talking about and they're even putting in their requests as well, which we um, asked them to do. Fantastic. So you're taking the lead for us today. Who are we going to be covering? Right, well, I mentioned about requests. We had one of our listeners, Chris Bridges from Weymouth. He requested to look into, do you remember the um, ice skater, Tonya Harding? Probably the only ice skater I know. Apart from Torval no, and Dean. No, like, how could you say that? Apart from Torval and Dean, okay. another one. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tonya Harding. Chris emailed us in and said, oh, that would be uh, really good because of the scandal that happened in the 90s surrounding uh, Tonya Harding and one of her competitors. Okay. Okay, I've seen the film. In full disclosure, I've seen the film, I, Tonya, it's fantastic. The story is great and Mm. I'm really looking forward to hearing it. Let's rewind to the 90s. Born on 12th of November 1970 to a waitress, LaVonda Golden and Al Harding, Tonya Maxine Harding was raised in Portland, Oregon. Tonya's father was her mother's fifth husband, and Al held various odd jobs, but was often unemployed due to poor health. The family lived in a trailer, and Al later recalled that he had a good relationship with his daughter, but that his wife was an abusive alcoholic. LaVonda denies that she was ever abusive. You're getting a picture of Tonya's family life. Mm, it sounds, sounds difficult. Mm. Hardin showed sporting promise from a very young age, and obviously skating was her uh, her thing, her sport she enjoyed. So from the age of three, she was doing brilliant, and by the age of four, she'd already been sent to a highly reputable local coach, Diane Wallinson. So what age do kids start walking? <laughs> 18 months, two years? Yeah. So just a year after that, she's on the ice cream mm. skating. But obviously you're, you're already sort of thinking about fees for this type of coaching. So the family couldn't afford the fees, but they were covered by other people um, or provided for for free. I guess that's because she had a natural talent. Yes, yeah. And they saw that. I mean, obviously, yeah, a four-year-old to, to then have a coach, she must be really good. Uh, Tonya's mother would also uh, hand sew the costumes to save money, so being quite resourceful. By 10 years old, she was accomplished and demonstrated her talent by landing complicated jumps, which set her aside from her peers, other 10-year-old children, so she's way above that. Yeah, well, I think she's way above me, and I'm not 10. Uh, (laughs) There's no complicated jumps on the ice I can do. I can barely do them off the ice. (laughs) But the sad thing was, with her home life being less than ideal, uh, the ice became her escape. You know, we hear that often, don't we? School is escape for children. Mm. So with her home life being less than ideal, the ice was an escape for Tonya. That was except for her mother bringing some of that turbulence to the skating world. She was seen hitting and yelling at Tonya during practice sessions. It is also said that Tonya wasn't allowed to leave the ice rink to go to the toilet, but instead had to pee on the ice. That is so incredibly cruel. Yeah, cruel. Looking back on her childhood, Tonya said that her half-brother molested her a number of times. She called the police in 1986 and he was arrested and spent some time in prison. 
Tonya claims her parents were in denial about what her half-brother was up to and leaned on her, so persuaded her not to press charges against him. He was later killed in an unsolved hit-and-run in 1988. Tonya says that he's the only person that she has ever hated. Well, that's completely understandable based on what I've just mm-hmm. heard. I think we all would hate him. Yep. I think that sounds barbaric. I think some of the stuff that she had to go through in her childhood mm-hmm. sounds horrendous. Mm-hmm. Horrendous. Imagine not being allowed to go to the toilet mm-hmm. and having to wee in the ice in front of yeah. other people when you're... It just sounds horrendous. It's awful. And then obviously her parents not believe in her. Mm. But also the, the police have enough evidence to bring it against him mm. and they're leaning on her not to press charges. I mean, that's just despicable. By the time she was 15, Tonya had dropped out of school to focus on the dream of professional skating. She also met Jeff Galuli, a warehouse worker who was two years older than her. So she's 15, so he's 17. And they begin a relationship. Jeff was incredibly focused on Tonya's ice skating. I bet he was. Yeah. Some have speculated that even then he was pushing her for his own benefit. He supported her financially, but it would seem clear, particularly as the story goes on, what he wanted in return. So I remember Jeff from the story and from the film, and it's fair to say that he's not starting in a very high place in my mind as part of this story. Mm, He's an absolute scumbag from, from my recollection. Okay. Her star was rising in the local area throughout the 80s, and as they saw one of their own display the talent that would inevitably lead her to becoming a star. Hardy won the 1989 Skate American competition. Despite this, with her homemade outfits, blusher, eyeshadow, she didn't fit the image that the USFA wanted. This did affect the way that the judges scored her. Some competitors would score higher with easier routines because they appeared more graceful, while Tonya put everything into hers and didn't mind showing off. So it was the more traditional ice skating that they were going for rather than the the more powerful skating that Tonya would do. Losing marks if you don't have that image that the judges are looking for. She won her first major title at the Northwest Pacific Championships, but in 91 she became something special. She was the first American woman to land a triple axel at 1991's US Nationals. Triple axel? You know what that is, don't you, Jimmy? Good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that propelled her status to, into the sport, and it was obvious that she was becoming a real Olympic contender. Whatever the skating authority figures felt at this time, they had no choice but to pay attention to Tonya Harding. In 1990, the 19-year-old Tonya married Jeff Galuli. The relationship was fractious, with a police report that year stating that Galuli threatened to break his wife's legs and end her career. What a charming man he sounds. No, he had also threatened her with a shotgun, and despite their short marriage, which lasted three years, Tonya filed at least two restraining orders against her husband. She had a brief engagement with another man before getting back with Jeff in 1991. What's fascinating about what you've just said is they married in 1990. Yeah. And then in between that and getting back with Jeff in 91, the next year, Mm. she'd filed two restraining orders. He threatened to break her legs in her career. He threatened her with a shotgun. And then just a year later, she was back with him. So, so much of that tumultuous relationship happened between 1990 and 1991. And briefly getting engaged with another man. Oh, of course, yeah. 
It gives you an insight into her frame of mind at that time. It's difficult sometimes when you're reflecting on people who've had a challenging upbringing and she has had the worst. I mean, some of the stuff that she had to go through as a, as a child, both from her mother and her stepbrother, it's so awful that she's not going to be a 2.4 children type person mm. when she gets mm. older. She doesn't have the grounding for that. It's, that's not a reflection on her. It's a reflection of the circumstances that occurred to her. Yes. So while we've been focusing on Tonya, we need to now talk about Nancy Kerrigan. That's the other skater I knew. (laughs) So there is another one. (laughs) There is another one. So Nancy was born in 1969, so a year older than Tonya. Within a blue-collar family, she also showed great promise on the ice rink. She began at six, and by nine years old, she'd won the Boston Open. Her family were more stable than Tonya's, and her dad worked two jobs and took out a second mortgage to support the family and ensure that Nancy could skate. Okay, so you're looking at the parallels, but the childhood, even those blue-collar workers, they're... Decent people. Yes. Yes. I think that absolutely comes across. This is not about money as such. This is not about money. Both of them had the opportunity. However they got there, both of them had the opportunity to be coached in ice skating at a high level. They're both from modest backgrounds, but there's a stability and a decency Mm -hmm. in one family that just doesn't exist in the other. So it did feel like Nancy Kerrigan had a natural head start on Tonya, Mm -hmm. although obviously that's not not her fault. Um, And it doesn't sound like she had some of the other things going on in her home life. So Nancy and Tonya had both come from a relatively poor background, but they couldn't have been more different, both on and off the ice. Nancy was shy, stuck to a more traditional skating style, and skated to classical music. She was considered to be a graceful skater and sponsors threw money at her. So again, completely different to Tonya. Tonya was different. Her skating style was described as fearless and powerful rather than graceful. She lacked some of the artistic polish that Nancy had, but she didn't care. Her jumps and spins were exceptional. I always like that about Tonya Harding when I saw the film and I've, I've heard about this story before. I like the fact that she didn't care. She did it her own way and she thought, I'm going to work so hard that I get so good that whatever I'm doing, no one can challenge me on it. Mm. Yeah. I thought I, I always admired that about her. And now that you've told me a bit more about some of the early part of her life, I've got even more admiration for it. But unlike Nancy, Tonya danced to rock music, she smoked, her costumes were homemade, and she'd go hunting. She drove a pickup truck. <laughs> right. Okay, so the, you know, the images are very different. She would later describe the contrast by saying, she's a princess, I'm a piece of crap. See, she's saying that about herself. That's hard. And she's inevitably heard that. Someone said that to her. You know, that's that's Mm. awful. So Tonya won the uh, 1991 US Ladies Singles title. And in March 91, World Championship, she she again completed the triple axel. She finished second, one place in front of Nancy Kerrigan. Although the pair were rivals and not exactly friends, they were considered acquaintances who would be pleasant to each other when they met. They'd also they've also shared rooms when they were younger and out on the road. I suppose it's a small world for people at that level of ice skating to be at the highest level. There's only a select group of people out there, so you aren't going to cross paths as you go around. Yeah. Hardy never managed to complete another triple accident competition. Her results began to decline, but although she twisted her ankle during practice, she managed to get third place in the 92 skating championships. Go, Tonya. As the year went on, she struggled to regain her early form, and she finished fourth at 92 Winter Olympics. Now, Tonya claims her skates were damaged in practice and poorly repaired. 
Couple this with the inevitable drama in her personal life with Jeff finishing fourth in the world in her first Olympics is some achievement. It's amazing. Mm. However, the media focused on the fact that she'd put on weight, how unformed she was. She worked in fast food restaurants and it looked like her skating dreams were coming to an end. However, a change in dates meant that the four-year cycle between the Winter Olympics was moving, so it would sit between, rather alongside, the year of the Summer Olympics. Okay. I had never realised that they were ever anything else than they are now, which is... You have the normal Summer Olympics every four years. And in between that stage, you have the Winter Olympics. And that cycles for four years. So it means every two years, you've got a Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics, Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics. Mm. It was at this time that they made the change. Therefore, two years after one, there was immediately another one. Football's like it. Has it always been like that? As far as I can remember, certainly. The World Cup four years, but then the Euros two years, yeah. As as far as I can remember, certainly throughout my lifetime, it's been Mm. like that. Okay. So that meant then rather than four years until the next Winter Olympics, there would just be two years. Tonya trained harder than ever, and to qualify, she would need to finish in a medal position at the US Figure Skating Championships in 94, an event that Tonya Harding and indeed Nancy Kerrigan were most known for. This is where it all yeah. starts to go. The US Figure Skating Association applied pressure on her to reunite with her ex-husband as the divorce wasn't quite a good look for them. So sorry, I will backtrack. She has now divorced Jeff. The US Figure Skating Association applied pressure on her to reunite with her ex-husband as the divorce wasn't a good look for them and that her life was more stable when she was settled down with him. So she has since divorced him because obviously he's horrible mm-hmm. and not good for her they're now saying well actually you were better when you were with him so well that's know. part of what they were saying because you also said that they said it wasn't a good look for them mm. well that's fantastic it's not a good look for us so would you mind just yeah. going back to the person who threatened to break your legs yes. shoot you end your career it's shocking she began to refer to Jeff as her husband again. Nothing was going to stop Tonya from achieving her dream. She was 23. She'd regained her shape and her form. She'd also worked on looking more graceful to try and appeal to the judges. Okay, so she's out there. She's changing her image. She's doing everything she can for that dream. Okay. With both ladies preparing to compete in the US Figure Skating Championship in 1994, an event occurred that would change both of their lives forever. And this is what our listeners might remember now. Okay. Nancy Kerrigan was attacked after a practice session in Detroit. And a man had a man had approached her and struck her in the leg with a collapsible baton before running through a glass door, which he smashed with his head before jumping into a car to escape. There is footage of the aftermath showing Nancy on the floor calling out in pain. I remember this footage, and I'm pretty sure it's available on YouTube. And if I remember correctly, she's why, why me, or something mm. like that. It was, it was, it was real shock, shock. and it was very, very emotional and mm. obvious. She'd just mm. been hit, but it almost seemed like immediately she didn't think of the injury. She thought of the ramifications of the injury, injury. what yeah. it would mean for her ice skating. Mm. Nancy was taken to hospital. Meanwhile, Tonya went on to win the competition. As it turned out, Nancy's leg didn't break but suffered severe bruising. She had to pull out of the Nationals, leaving her unable to regain the crown she had won the previous year. Despite this, both Tonya and Nancy were both selected for the 94 Olympic team. 
Before competing, Tonya was interviewed and at least I was convinced that she seemed genuinely sorry for Nancy and disappointed that she wouldn't get to compete against her. Tonya was competitive and in the form she was in, I think she really did want to beat Nancy fair and square. She'd already changed her attitude a bit, hadn't she? Mm. She got back into shape. She'd learned to be a bit more graceful. So actually, yeah, she would have wanted to go up against her and win fair and square. Well, everything you've said to us just now suggests to me that Tony is someone who doesn't want to be the best apart from Nancy Kerrigan. Mm. It, it sounds to me like she wants to be the best, so I, I think mm. I agree with you. I think it does sound like she was disappointed. Mm. Tony was interviewed in the days that followed by a TV channel that had been tipped off that the attack had been an inside job. By this time, Tonya had won the competition and she was asked whether the attack could have been committed by someone she knew. She admitted that she had thought about it. Tonya looked scared and appeared to keep peering over to Jeff, who sat watching sternly from behind the camera. On January the 13th, two men were arrested over the attack. Shane Stant said that he and his uncle, Derek Smith, were hired for this assault by Tonya's ex-husband, Jeff Galuli, and her bodyguard, Sean Eckard. They had been paid $6,500 to break Nancy's right knee. So they've admitted that. It's, it seems shocking to me that you've got such a... I don't know, ice skating always seems to me like to be quite prestigious, quite a glamorous, quite a high-end sport. And then you've just got this bunch of not very nice people in Jeff Galuli and his cronies. Who've come in with their side street hustle mentality and thought, we'll make sure she wins, we'll just knock out the competition. Mm. Shocking. Mm. Sean, the bodyguard, was 26. Uh, he'd been friends with Jeff since their school days and he claimed he was hired by Jeff to protect Tonya after she'd received death threats back in 93. It has been suggested that the real reason he had been employed was for the attack on Nancy. If that is true, Jeff like premeditated that this this could could happen. Mm. He said Jeff had come to him for advice on stopping Nancy in the run up to the competition that she was injured before. Sean got in touch with Derek Smith and offered him what he called good money to injure a figure skater. Smith would go on to say that as well as being paid for the attack, he'd been promised more work afterwards protecting Tonya. Is it that's a strange call to receive? It's not yeah. one that I imagine no. you get every day. No. Is, uh, do you want some money to meet yeah. a figure skater? <laughs> Smith had applied to be in the police. He didn't want a criminal record, so he involved his nephew, Shane Stand. What? So yeah. he, he didn't want a criminal record, so he brought his young nephew in so that he could have it instead. Yeah. But the three of them still met to discuss the plan. It was initially raised by Jeff that Nancy should be taken out but was apparently talked down to just making it an injury. So taken out, they're talking about killing her? Yes. <sighs> so on December the 31st, Stunt drove to Yarmouth, Massachusetts, reaching the Tony Kent Arena that afternoon. Nancy Kerrigan had already finished her practice session and had left. Stant didn't know this and thought she was still in there, so hang about for two days. It sounds like the most bizarre bunch of yeah. goons that you could ever imagine. Yeah. They're all brainless, mm. foolish. Just looking at money, not thinking about the lives behind what they're planning. And this goes back to what you said about Gululi right at the start, mm. where he wanted a return, because after Tonya had first turned professional, I think, in ice skating... Galuli was supporting her with his the, the money he was making from his, his, his day-to-day job. And this was his payback as far as he was concerned. And he wasn't going to let Nancy Kerrigan spoil what he felt he was due. So Stan is hanging out 
by the arena for two days in the chance of seeing uh, Nancy. But in a change of plan, Stan and Smith took a 20-hour bus ride to Detroit. Stan rushed behind Nancy and, using both hands, swung the baton above her right knee. The intention had been to injure Nancy badly enough that she would be unable to compete in the national competition and the Winter Olympics. Then he did the whole glass smashing with his head thing as he made his exit. That is a bizarre way to make an exit. Uh, no. It's <laughs> a this, door. Yeah. The door opens. Why didn't you just open the door? He shows the whole dopiness, I think. On the 16th of January, Tonya's lawyer held a press conference where he read a statement. It denied Tonya being involved, and that evening Tonya performed a triple axel in practice. Two days later, Tonya was interviewed by the DA and the FBI for 10 hours. She said that she had disassociated herself with Jeff, but still believed he was innocent. However, by the end of what must have been an exhausting 10 hours, Tonya said, I hope everyone understands. I'm telling on someone I really care about. I know now Jeff is involved. I'm sorry. Jeff handed himself in to the FBI the following day. So she's been interviewed, so it's whether you take the stance that she thought he was innocent and then something's changed her mind, or whether she was covering for him and she thought, actually, I should tell the truth now. She's clearly not the most intelligent person academically, for at least. And her words were, I now know that Jeff is involved, suggesting that she didn't know previously. So maybe they'd shown her some evidence, but I would mm. counter that by saying, pretty sure she's going to have a lawyer sat next to her, and they are academically intelligent. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's possible. She was shown something during those 10 hours that actually made her realise, no, he's not innocent. Yeah. Everything's standing against him. Or she was shown something that made her realise she couldn't continue to claim that she thought yeah. she was innocent. Yes, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. In a press conference Tonya held shortly afterwards, she said she was sorry Kerrigan was attacked, that she respected Kerrigan and claimed not to know in advance of the plot to disable her. She admitted that she should have reported it when she found out that Jeff had been involved, but insisted she hadn't known before or immediately after the attack. She said that she found out as she travelled home from that interview where she'd been looking at Jeff. She confronted him about it in the car, and he had punched her in the face and said she was scared to report him. So that covers the bit we talked about earlier. So when she said, I now know... Yeah. She means, I now know subsequent of the event actually happening, but not, I now know as part of the interview. At the beginning of that 10 hours, she knew. She already knew, yeah. yeah. But she's with an abusive scumbag mm-hmm. who's punched her in the face after mm-hmm. she confronted him, or allegedly punched her in the face, I guess. There's no witnesses that were there. There may have been a fear or, yes. or something like that that prevented yeah. her from saying it earlier, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. whatever the FBI had said to her, they had somehow managed to get her around that. Now that Jeff was fully implicated, he started coming up with his own version. Perhaps he was annoyed that Tonya returned him in and he wanted to get back at her. He said that Shane, the bodyguard, came up with the idea and that Jeff liked the idea. He said that he'd told Tonya and she liked the idea but didn't think that the bodyguard was capable of of pulling it off. I think, to be honest, I would have agreed with that. He sounds like such a clutch. Jeff said Tonya gave the final go-ahead for the attack to go-ahead. He said Tonya got the information about where Nancy was going to be and the person she had called later stated in court that these calls had indeed occurred. Well, that does sound believable to me because I don't imagine Jeff Galuli's got the contacts to go and find out where Nancy Kerrigan is going to be training, but Tonya probably would have. At the same time, 
if he's standing next to her with a shotgun threatening to break her legs if she didn't find out. Tonya tried to carry on training but had to use the ice rink she learned to skate in, which was public. Every day, thousands turned up to watch her, taking photos and trying to ask her questions. Handed by the press to and from the training, even at home there was no break from it. The press would set her her car alarm off and even reported her truck to be towed away so that they could get snaps of her going back to get it. At the end of January, there was a random discovery that caused Tonya further problems. Kathy Peterson ran a restaurant in Portland. Someone had been dumping their rubbish in the waste bins outside of their house. While searching, she found an envelope with Tony Kent Arena written on the back of it. The same Tony Kent Arena that Nancy Kerrigan had been training at before making her way down to complete the Nationals. The same Tony Kent Arena that Shane had been outside waiting for Nancy in the first failed attempt to attack her. The envelope was handed to the police and then given to a handwriting expert who said it was an exact match for Tonya's handwriting. This obviously put her place in the Olympic team in jeopardy. Tonya reacted on the front foot. The hearing wasn't due to take place until after the Olympics. She threatened to sue the National Figure Skating Association if they kicked her off the team as she was innocent. They didn't want to take the risk, so at this stage Tonya was still going to compete. She travelled to Norway and the harassment by the press continued. Tonya got to the ice but had broken a lace and that meant she had to retire early. She was furious. She took the skate over to the judges' table, insisting that she was to give them another chance. It had been a tough month, even by the standards of Tonya's life. When she went again, she failed to land a triple axel and finished eighth in the competition. However, in a remarkable turnaround, Nancy had managed to recover in time for the Olympics. After four weeks of rehabilitation and just two weeks back on the ice, she went to the Olympics and achieved the silver medal, which is incredible. That is incredible. And mm-hmm. fair play to her. We've talked a few times in this podcast about wherewithal that Tonya had in her life. Mm-hmm. But for Nancy Kerrigan to have suffered like that, because of course, we always think of the physical injuries, but she's just been attacked coming out of mm-hmm. training. Mm-hmm. That image is still going to be in her mind as well. There's going to be some kind of PTSD attached to that. And yet she's managed to recover, get herself back on the ice, perform at the Olympics and get a silver medal all within what, did you say six weeks? Yeah. Incredible. So back in America, Tonya pleaded guilty to conspiracy to hinder the prosecution. In a plea deal, she said she had witnessed a phone call between Derek Smith and Jeff after the attack, which she failed to report. Jeff also got a plea deal to give a statement against Tonya and he got a two-year sentence. Sean the bodyguard got 18 months for his part in it and Shane Stant and Derek Smith were both sentenced to 18 months for carrying out the attack. That doesn't sound a lot for whacking someone in the leg with a baton. I thought that. Tonya was handed a $100,000 fine, 500 hours of community service and three years probation. A jury said that there was enough evidence that she had been involved in planning the attack, Mm. which obviously we don't know what that evidence is. A jury said there was enough evidence that she'd been involved. I wonder whether the evidence was she was involved or whether there was a question over Jeff Kaluby's influence over her involvement. At that time, and that's why he Because he's, he's clearly quite a controlling person. We've seen that throughout. He's a violent person. He makes violent threats against her. Mm. I wonder whether that was some mitigation for her during the case. Mm-hmm. The US Figure Skating Association, never shy in kicking Tonya, stripped her of the win in the nationals that had led her to her Olympic qualification and banned her for life from the sport. 
I've been quite supportive of Tonya throughout and they have treated her unfairly and I think they would have preferred the all-American princess of Nancy Kerrigan over the rough shot in her own homemade costumes (laughs) that Tonya Harding would have been like. But if she has been convicted of being involved in planning the attack on Nancy Kerrigan, then what else could they do but to Mm. ban her from the sport and to take away the the awards she won after Kerrigan was not able to compete because of that injury. Both Kerrigan and Harding stopped competing after the 94 Olympics. Uh, But later that year, so it gets a bit worse for Tonya now, later that year, since 94, they've stopped ice skating, both of them. A topless video clip of Tonya made its way to the tabloid media. It it was reported by the New York Post that Jeff had sold this. What a guy. Yeah. A few months later, Penthouse announced that stills from the video would feature in the magazine, and Tonya and Jeff negotiated via an agent equal payment on the sale. A month before that sale, Tonya appeared on a wrestling show. A year later, she was booed off stage in her band, The Golden Blades, only performance. Tonya married Michael Smith in 1995, but they divorced in 96. Later that year, she was in the press again, but this time for more positive reasons. She used mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to help revive an 81-year-old woman who'd collapsed at a bar in Portland while playing video poker. And this is the amazing thing. It doesn't matter what people... You know, you hear all of the negative stories about someone, but I always think there's good and bad in everyone. If you see... You know when we watch a TV program and someone is either too good or too yeah. bad? Yeah. It's always so much more believable when bad people have a bit of good yeah. and good people have a bit yeah. of bad because it's much more like real life. Mm-hmm. And also, we can't forget that we don't know how much... Well, we know from her history the control that Jeff had over her. Mm-hmm. So on February 5th, 98, so we're in 1998 now, Tonya and Nancy sat down for a joint interview on Fox where Harding said, I just asked for forgiveness. She has her life, I have my life, I would hope we could just end it. Two years later, Tonya was arrested after repeatedly punching her then-boyfriend in the face and threw a hubcap in his head. She admitted to the attack and was sentenced to three days in jail, ten days of community service and a suspended sentence of 167 days. Well, this is where domestic abuse can go both ways and it's, it's important to... For all the things we said about Jeff Galuli, this is no better than that. When you think about this, you then revert back to Tonya's mother. Mm, it's, it's the violence she in was the, the household, yeah, isn't it? She, it was the mother that was violent to the father. The father said that he had a great relationship with his daughter. It was the mum who was aggressive towards Tonya mm. and also Al, the father. In 2002, an attempt to make some money, Harding got involved in celebrity boxing, including one fight on the undercard of Mike Tyson. Her record at the point of quitting on account of her asthma was three wins and three losses. Over the years, she's appeared in various reality TV shows. In 2008, a biography of Tonya was released, which was essentially tapes of her speaking being transcribed. It was called the Tonya Tapes. There was a lot of shocking detail. One in particular was that she decided against coming clean against Jeff after a gunpoint gang rape by him and two other men. Jeff denied this. You mentioned earlier with the FBI questioning and the phone call that she had allegedly made. Mm. Was Jeff standing there? There was that interview where you talked about her standing facing Jeff. Yes, yeah. And constantly looking at him. Yeah. He definitely has a controlling element Mm. over her. There's no doubt in my mind that he is definitely 
has a controlling element. Whether there's still more that Tonya could have done differently, I think that that is sure, that's open to debate. But certainly, gloomy seems like the root of most of the, the, the issues here for me. Interestingly, in an interview a few years later, Jeff said that he regrets that Tonya is remembered for what I talked her into doing. Yeah, was he paid for that interview? Because mm-hmm. that seems to be at the root yeah. of everything mm-hmm. he does. Yeah. So moving now on to 2010, Tonya married Joseph Price when she was 39 years old. She gave birth to a son named Gordon the following year, and she now goes by the name of Tonya Price. In 2014, Nancy Kerrigan said in an interview, whatever apology Tonya has given, I accept it. It's time for all of us. I've always wished her well. She she has her own family. I have my family. It's time to make that our focus and move on with our lives. Nancy Kerrigan, throughout yeah. this whole story, has just remained so classy. Just yes, so... Completely. She's shown the heart to come back. She's mm-hmm. not had that venom or anything after the attack. She's just gone on, gone about her business. I have to say, I've got a huge amount of admiration for her. She's been absolutely amazing. What person to be able to look back at that? Because would she have quit ice skating after that? Maybe, maybe not. But she did. And maybe I imagine that did have a part to play in it. So essentially, she's forgiving the person that was involved in the ending of the career she dreamed of. Yeah, because... Going back to the the similarities when they were young, you know, Nancy started when she was six, Tonya was four. They both had the same dreams. Mm. Tonya came back into the public eye in 2017, and the film, this is the one you mentioned, because mm. you've seen this, I, Tonya, told the story of the 94 incidents with Margot Robbie playing Harding. Tonya only received an initial $1,500 fee for rights to her story. However, she also got a percentage of the film profits, and the film made close to $54 million. So I hope, you know, she obviously got a bit of money out of that. Yeah, $1,500 for her life story, given how chaotic, crazy her life is. That doesn't seem a lot of money, but thank goodness that she had the the profits, the percentage of the profits as part of it, because the film... Yes. as far as I know, very successful. You have to wonder as well, with Tonya, who agreed that that would be the fee, the $1,500 fee? Who, who has she got supporting her there to agree to that? But I think if I was going into that negotiation, I think I'd have bargained harder for the percentage than I would have for the initial the fee. fee. Yeah. Because this is a story that everyone remembers. Everyone that was around at that time remembers. It was huge. We're in the UK. In America, mm. it was even bigger. Yeah. And of course, you've got all of the fans of the ice skating and the Winter Olympics, and they, they'd all have an interest in it. Plus, your casual fans of, of movies that just watch these new movies, they've got a superb actress in there, very well-known actress in there. It was always going to be a big hit, I think. She's also done various jobs throughout the years, including working as a welder, a painter, a deck builder, and a hardware sales assistant. Tonya still skates under the watchful eye of her childhood coach, Dodie Teachman, practising three times a week. She lives a relatively quiet life with her family in Vancouver, and above all, she seems at peace. It would be wrong to end without mentioning what became of Nancy. She married and had three children, and after stints in reality TV and commentating on ice skating, she describes herself as just a mum now. Just a mum? Just a mum. Is that what you are, Beth? Just a mum? (laughs) Just a (laughs) mum. And that is the long and shocking story of Tonya Harding. 
Thank you very much, Beth, for that super long episode. <laughs> You're welcome, Jimmy. We're going to have a drink now. <laughs> like you haven't been drinking throughout. Of course. <laughs> um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Really appreciate your support. If you did enjoy the episode, uh, please do consider leaving us a five-star rating. And if you, like Chris, would like to make any suggestions about people you'd like to see us cover, do get in touch. Thanks very much for joining us. And until next time, talk, talk to, to the, the hands. hands.